0: Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca, or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7pm on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the world.
1: Welcome to Saturday Night Life. My name is Christian, and I'll be your host tonight. Uh, SNL is a ministry of Northridge Church. You are all welcome to experience everything that Northridge has to offer. After tonight, we meet Sunday mornings and even Sunday afternoons if you speak Spanish. Um, If you have kids, ask someone about the different free programs and activities we have to offer during the week. Northridge and SNL are proud to partner with Hope for Freedom Society. We are big fans of this ministry and count ourselves fortunate to work alongside them this way. Celebrate Recovery is a place to uh, experience freedom from life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Uh, we have a group that meets Friday nights just down the road at Highway Church, and there are literally CR groups all around the world. If you know that you're going to be moving out of town and you want to know about more about how to connect with CR, where you'll be living, just let us know. Um, We'd like to celebrate recovery here at Saturday Night Life, so if you're comfortable sharing where you're at in your recovery, take a moment to stand and share your milestone. No? I've got 56 days. Okay, uh, take the Bible with you everywhere you go. YouVersion is a Bible app for your phone. It also has Bible studies and the ability to highlight and share what you're reading. So check it out next time you have access to your phone. And if you don't have access to a hard copy of the Bible, we have one just for you. Uh, Just connect with the leader following the service and we'll make sure you get one. Um, And all of our SNL services are streamed live on Facebook. Uh, what's up, everybody, on Facebook? It, oh, I don't think she could connect, but hi, mom, just in case you you know you caught it late. Um, yeah, during the week, you can uh, watch the replay on YouTube or check out our podcast version on Spotify. And if you're watching online right now, stay connected by liking, following, subscribing, or whatever so that you'll never miss a service. And we serve coffee because we want to encourage you to linger and hang out. So make sure to refill your cup and enjoy a good conversation. And uh, no clothes today (laughs) or next week, but the week after we'll have some clothes. And um, yeah, once again, we're glad you're here. And if you've got a Bible, you can open it to the book of Matthew and get ready to learn a little bit more about Jesus. He's the reason we're here. Thanks, man. Good job.
0: I'm short, so I will stand up here. Um, this is the last day you're going to get to open to the book of Matthew to follow along. Uh, because this is the last chapter of Matthew we're covering today. And then we're on to the book of Mark in two weeks. Because next week, uh, many of you have gotten to know Mino, Mino Pavlich. He's coming and he's giving the full version of his testimony next week. And it's going to be bananas. Yeah, it's... it's um, uh, if you haven't met Mino yet... He is a firecracker, and um, God's done a number in his life, and he's all too happy to tell us, uh, tell us all about it. So um, that's going to be happening next week. And so this week, my wife is on Main Island. Next week, my daughter-in-law, we're celebrating birthday. The week after that, we're actually celebrating my wife's 50th birthday. It's her actual birthday, but she will be here on the evening of September 16th, and we will be doing clothes again on the 16th, so that's happening. Uh, before I forget, your djembe, the bottom end, holy smokes, sounds so good, I could almost hear David drooling. Where's Where's Dave? Oh, they're right behind me. <laughs> that they just, oh man, that sounded so good, that was really cool. Um, okay. So like I said, we are in the very last chapter of the book of Matthew, and for those of you who aren't familiar with what we do here, when we teach on Saturday nights, we basically just, we work, we just, we work through the Gospels, so, and what the Gospels are, there are four different books within the Bible, so the Bible is made up of 66 books, and the first four books of the New Testament, which is not the second half of the Bible, because the Old Testament is so much bigger than the first, than the, the New Testament, but it's the first four books of the New Testament. They're called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we are in the last, very last part of the, the book of Matthew. So if you're just joining us, if you're not familiar with the life and story of Jesus, you're going to feel like there's some really big gaps. This would be like walking into the theater of... Um, what's that... Uh, uh, Inception, you know, remember the movie Inception, which was crazy enough to watch from beginning to end, but if you walked in for the last five minutes and tried to figure out the movie, you'd be lost. And so if you're not familiar with the story of the life and, and narrative of Jesus and who he is and what he did, today's going to feel a little bit awkward. Here's the good news. Next no, two weeks from now, we start in the book of Mark, and you're going to find that the book of Mark moves a lot quicker than the book of Matthew, and especially more than the book of Luke. Uh, Mark is like an action movie. It, it, things happen fast in that book, and um, we're going right back to the beginning of the life of Jesus, and we're going to retell that through uh, a chapter a week through the book of Mark, and so that happens next week. So today, we are in chapter 28 so, just by way of context, do you mind putting up the first slide, Josiah? Um, but by way of context, what has happened before the resurrection is Jesus has been born. Remember Christmas Day? Not really Christmas Day, but uh, we celebrated on Christmas Day. He's born a baby. He, he kind of lived quietly until around uh, the age of around 30. And that's when he began his active ministry. And for three years, he collected this group with him, and he went through the countryside. He taught these things that were blowing people's minds. He flipped upside down everything that they thought they knew about religion and, and how to be righteous. He flipped it all upside down. He was blowing people's minds. Meanwhile, he's doing the miraculous. People who couldn't walk, he's touching, and they can walk. People who were blind, he's, he's spitting on their eyes, and, and, and they can see again. People who were dead are being raised to life. So all this is happening in the life of Jesus. And as he gets further and for, further into the story of Matthew, um, we see that he's walking literally into the city of Jerusalem for the last time. And he walks in, and he has some final teachings for his followers. And then, as he said all along was going to happen, he is arrested, he's tried in this ridiculous trial, uh, found guilty, and he is crucified. He is literally nailed to a cross. And he's left there to die. And even the way he died is the fulfillment of dozens more prophecies, things that were said about how he was going to die, hundreds if not thousands of years before he actually did it, things that he could not have controlled or or manipulated. Things happened on the cross to the point where he literally died. He was literally not alive anymore. And then because they wanted to honor some religious rites, they, they took him down and they buried him in a tomb, and it's unlike the tomb that we would normally be buried in today, uh, where today typically we dig a hole in the ground or we get cremated. Uh, he would have been put into what was almost like a cave, and then a huge stone would have been rolled uh, in front of that. And, and not like um, a couple of guys pushing a rock. This would have been a, a massive boulder that would have needed a, a troop to, to push into place. And then it would have been sealed in place. And that's where we leave things. And if you grew up, so I was born in 71. And so I grew up in an age, have you ever heard of this guy named Carmen? I know, yeah. yeah. So Carmen, honestly, this might offend you, but uh, we look back at Carmen now, and it was a little bit cheesy. Some of the stuff is a little bit cheesy, but very powerfully, he would do these um, almost like storytelling songs, and he would tell stories to, to, to music, and he does this one song where it describes this moment before the resurrection where the devil is having a party. He has won. Everything that he had hoped could possibly happen Happened, And Jesus was no longer going to be a problem. The devil was just like, this is where we cut loose. And now we really start to do our thing here on earth. And then we get to chapter 28 and it goes like this. So this is Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. Let's go on to the next slide, please. Verse 5 says But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Let's pause here for a little bit. This is one of the things I love about the Bible. Um, when you think about, okay, if you were um, Jesus' public relations guy, okay? I don't know if that's a, a job that is, is available for uh, employment. But if you were his public relations guy, um, starting with his birth, you're doing a bad job. In the sense that he is born to the lowliest family. Like there is really no honor to this family that he's born into. It was a sketchy, almost scandalous birth in the sense that um, Joseph and Mary were not married. And so they weren't meant to be together. And, And they said that they hadn't been together, but she's pregnant. Right? So this is not good PR for Jesus. And honestly, it starts there, but it goes all the way to this point here. If if you're Jesus and you want to get the word out to the world that you have defeated death, that you have risen from the dead, if I were the PR guy, I would appear to a Roman, uh, what, what are they called? Like a, a Caesar or a Roman official, somebody high ranking, or maybe even better yet, a a Jewish Pharisee, somebody with an incredible reputation in the land. I would have appeared to them and shown myself to them so that they could now become my voice and, and tell everybody about what I've done. I've defeated death. Instead, much like Jesus does, he appears to, quite frankly, the low end of the social spectrum women were not highly regarded in this culture, in this sense, right? They were, not, they were not the people that you would want advocating for you or telling a story on your behalf. But Jesus appeared to these women first. He, I believe he handpicked this encounter, and he appeared to them And he told them, go be my ambassadors. Go tell everybody what you see, that you've seen me, that I'm alive. I'm no longer dead. And I I think it's incredible, and it's just very Jesus-like. Let's carry on. uh, Verse 11. While they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. When they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, They gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, look, tell people his disciples came by in the night, stole them away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble. So they took the money and did as they were directed. And this story has been spread among the Jews to this day. So they got their backstory all figured out. Let's keep going here. Verse 16. This is where, I'll just read it and then we'll break it down. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. And I think that's where we've stopped, right, Josiah? Okay. Can you actually put that last slide back up again? Sorry. So, this last part here, Jesus has revealed himself. And what we know from other gospel accounts and actually from other uh, extra biblical accounts is Jesus didn't just kind of show up and then show on a mountainside and then leave. Jesus walked the earth and continued teaching, showing himself to hundreds of people over the next few days. And he made it known that he had defeated death, he was very publicly crucified people would have known this man was dead. And they they would have heard that he would have been buried in a tomb. And now they were seeing him with their own eyes, this Jesus who has risen from the grave. Now Jesus has his disciples with him pretty much one last time. And he's got some final words for them. Again, if you look in other accounts, different um, gospels, uh, they talk a little bit about what, what's the plan is for, for next. Like, what they're supposed to do next. And really, their instructions, their, their kind of short-term instructions, were to, to go and wait. And Jesus had promised that he was going to send the Holy Spirit. And we see this happening at the beginning of the book of Acts. But here he gives, they call it, the title here is the Great Commission. If you choose to follow Jesus... And you wonder, well, what is it I'm supposed to do? Like, what am I, what am I supposed to do? We have literally been given a mission. Uh, as a pastor, one of the things I annoyingly have to do is, is, is there are some things I have to kind of create as, as statements to bring us together as a church and give us a clear vision for going forward. And sometimes I feel like it's a very human thing. You know how some companies, they've got mission statements, right? And mission statements are helpful for that same reason. Like, what is our mission? What's our purpose? What are we here to do? And you can always refer back to that mission statement to know what your company, what your business, what your group is all about. Well, no church has ever had to wonder what their mission is. We've never had to fabricate a mission statement because it's right here in Matthew 28, verse 18. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Verse 19 says this, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. I'm going to break that down just a bit more. But I think in context of this verse, you need to understand something about Jesus. You know what? The way we understand Jesus is important. Uh, I know for me, I, I spent a great part of my life reading the Bible, and I often joke about this, reading the Bible almost like I would read a book by J.R.R. R. Tolkien, you know, the, the Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. And, and the Bible Setting felt like Middle Earth. It felt like like the geography would have been something I'm totally unfamiliar with as a born and bred Canadian. Like I don't I don't know the geography of of the Middle East where where this mostly takes place. And and I don't know these places. I don't know these people. And so there's something very disjointed, very almost fantasy like reading the Bible. But then I got to a point. I first experienced it my wife and I before we had kids had a chance to travel to Europe and we got to actually start to walk in some of the places that I read about and all of a sudden the light went on wait a second this is a real place this is this isn't fantasy this is history these are things that have happened and so for me that was this transition from reading the bible like fantasy to reading the bible like Prose or like a narrative, like history, like something that actually happened. But you know what? There's more. And we see it in Matthew chapter 8, and this makes all the difference in the world. If we stay here where this is just history, then we are introduced in the four gospels to the greatest man who ever lived, the greatest teacher. The, the most influential. The, the Bible is still the best-selling book, like year after year after year. There's something about the Bible that is still attractive today. It outsells Twilight. I, I can't think of it. Is is that not right, Massimo? Like, like, nine like nine zillion copies, is that what you said? Nine billion. nine billion, that's a lot of copies. And that's probably only the ones that are surviving right now, right? So is, it's something that still got people's attention. This, even if, if, if he was just an influential human, he's amazing, the greatest man who ever lived. But if we're, if we're stuck here that he was just a good man, we've missed out, and honestly, you're wasting your time here. There's better things you could be doing. It's a beautiful night, okay? There's something more, and we see it in chapter 8, where he defeats death, where he is not bound by the laws of nature because he is the son of God, and this God is the creator of the laws of nature. Let me do a quick lesson. I'm a teacher by trade, so this is kind of something that I like to point out. The Bible starts, the book of Genesis, with the creation account. And there's debate, even among Christians, whether he, God literally created the earth in six days or if it was over an extended period of time. And there was a time in my life I would have been very dogmatic about this, that I believed my thing and I was going to fight you if you've believed otherwise. Today, what I hold on to and I'll fight you about, I don't really want to fight anybody. I'm not that tough. But um, the thing I'll fight you about is that God is creator. And to me, it fits my logical brain. Because you know what? Smart people believe in the Big Bang Theory, but I got one question. Where did the gases come from for the Big Bang, and and I hear stories of stardust. Well, where did those stars come from? By the laws of nature, something can't come from nothing. Everything needs a designer and a creator. And so you say, well, where did God come from? Then you got to follow the rules. God is supernatural. He is outside of nature. He is the creator of nature. He's not bound by the laws in which he created. He is overarching and above that. So in the same way, this supernatural God who was buried in the tomb was not, it wasn't over for him. Just as it wasn't over for his friend Lazarus, when, who had been dead in the, in the grave for, for long enough to be stinky, Jesus came and said, just wake up, come on out of the tomb. Life and death was not a beginning and end for him. That wasn't a final period at the end of the sentence. He was bigger than that, so big that he could raise himself from the dead. And, and, and that gives us a glimpse, a picture that he's not just a good teacher. There's a third level of amazingness to him, that he is God, that he is supernatural. He is bigger than the laws of nature. He was, he was God over gravity when he walked on the water. And he was God over life and death when he rose himself from the dead. So if we're reading the Bible and we're thinking, well, this is kind of a cool story. I wonder if Jesus was related to hobbits. Or, or if we read the Bible and we study, because there's, there's enough evidence even outside of the Bible that points to a historical Jesus, where he's widely accepted as a, as a historical person. Today is, what is today? September 3rd? 2nd. September 2nd, what year? 2023. When did... 2023, 2023 years after what? After Jesus. Jesus is the hinge point for history. It's not really all that crazy to believe in this historical Jesus. But he reveals himself to be even more than the historical Jesus. He is the Son of God. And so when we get to this point here where we've been given this mission, go and make disciples of all nations, one of the things we want to do in this place is we want to introduce you to this Jesus. The truth is, about this ministry Saturday nights, we don't always get to disciple you the way we're called to disciple you. Because the truth is, like, how many of you are actually from Maple Ridge? I see one, two, three... How are you? Good to see you. Um, Three of us. Well, I'm actually from Mission. But the point of the matter is, if everything goes well, if if your sober journey goes well, you're probably going to go home to Kitimat. You're probably going to go home to Fort St. John. You're probably going to go home to Port Alberni. You're going to go to a different place. And we won't necessarily get the opportunity to walk with you and disciple you like we're called to do. So it's a bit of an interesting arrangement here. We would love to, and as long as you're here, we're excited to walk with you and tell you about Jesus, point to him, engage with his word. But we don't always get to fully disciple you. But So you'll see more of it on Sunday mornings, because if I were to ask people to raise their hands on Sunday mornings, how many of you are from Maple Ridge? I'd say it's probably closer to 90% or more, right? We're dealing with more locals here, and they're gonna they're going to be, so we get to walk a little bit more with them. And the key is, though, is we want for you to be discipled wherever you're at. And so one of the things we like to do is, is we like to point you to Celebrate Recovery because it's literally all around the world. And one of the things about Celebrate Recovery that I really admire is they stick to a script. And it's not like they're reading and it's, they're robots. But the Celebrate Recovery here in Maple Ridge will look the same in a different language as the Celebrate Recovery in Paraguay. I don't know why I chose Paraguay, but it's far away. And so if, wherever you go, we would love to connect you with a Celebrate Recovery. And ideally, like if we know where you're going, and if I know a church that I can recommend there and if I can call the pastor and, hey, heads up, this guy's coming. He's awesome. I want you to look out for him. We'll do that. But that's the discipleship thing that we don't always get to do as well as I'd like to be able to do here. You get discipled more by Pastor Larry um, because he's with you guys every week. And I love the work that Pastor Larry does. Um, I'm all over the place right now, but just a heads up, tomorrow, the gang that got baptized on last Sunday, I'm going to get you guys to stand up. So get ready to be embarrassed um, tomorrow, okay? Uh, Because we want to just acknowledge the, the work God's been doing And you too, John. And it was only a couple days before that we baptized you as well. Oh boy, I've gone a bunch of different places. We've got our mission. Go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. This this teaching component is a lot of what our, our weekend service is about. We have a responsibility. We open up the Bible and we give it to you. And and we're trying to teach you his commands, everything he's commanded you. And then he leaves us with his encouragement. I'll invite the worship team to come up here. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let me pray, uh, and then we'll respond with a song of worship. And then I've got just one more thing I'd like. I want to put an invitation out to you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we get to follow and serve a God who is more than just a hobbit, more than just a great man, we get to come before and and come underneath the Son of God. We get to come under the the creator of everything, God of the universe, God of everything. And for whatever reason, you are all-powerful, you're all-knowing, you're omnipresent, and yet you care enough about us to know how many hairs are on our head, Uh, You cared enough that while we were yet sinners, you chose to die for us so that we could one day walk with you again. So we thank you. Right now, Father, as we stand and sing, we pray that you would be blessed and pray that you would bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's sing together. Amen. Can you guys take a quick seat? And I just want to kind of teach you through something real quick. So I'm going to give you a bit of context. Again, the Bible is 66 books, and it starts with the Genesis account, and it finishes with the book called Revelation, where it's been revealed what's going to happen in the future. So it's, there's there's these two extremes. But in the Genesis account, God creates the earth, and and after each kind of phase of creation, he sits back, he looks at it, and goes, this is great. So he's pleased, he has created the paradise. It's perfect. And Adam and Eve walked in paradise. They lacked for nothing. And and they walked with Jesus in the sense that there was nothing between them and Jesus, including clothes. They walked around naked on earth in paradise. And everything was going great until the, the enemy sneaks in and whispers a lie. That, hey, you could be just like God. In fact, instead of him being on the throne of your life, instead of him driving the bus, you, you, could, you could do this. You could be your own king or queen. Just take, don't listen to him. Take a bite of this fruit and, and, and be every, be all that you could be. Right? The Boy Scout motto, I don't know why I use that as the call to sin, but anyways. Um, so they did that, and that introduced sin into the world. And the perfection was obliterated. It was destroyed. And now there was this huge gap between sinful humans and a perfect God. They were cast out of the garden. But in that same chapter of Genesis, chapter 3, where everything went sideways, God revealed his plan that he was going to fix things by sending his son. And so what we believe is that we've been separated and there's nothing we can do under the laws of nature. We are bound by the laws of nature. There's no, we cannot be good enough to earn our way back to heaven. It takes something supernatural, something outside of nature, something more than a hobbit can provide, something more than just a good teacher can, can provide. We need a supernatural savior. So God sent his son. To be born here on earth he he sent him to us you know how sometimes we feel like god's kind of out there and don't even know if he really cares he is pursuing us you're asking for the song reckless love uh before the service that's the story of his reckless love where he he is hunting us down like he is desperate we're lost without him and he is coming to find us to get us and to save us and the way that happens is he sends his perfect son knowing that his son would eventually grow up to be the perfect sacrifice. The the system that was set in place is the the wages of sinners is death. And so the Old Testament practice was that if you sinned, you had to sacrifice an animal and the blood of that animal would give you temporary forgiveness for your sins. But that wasn't God's final plan. So God sent his son and he was killed, just like we learned today. He was killed for us. His blood was shed for us. He was the final, ultimate, supernatural sacrifice so that we could be right with God. It's the only way we could be right with God. And then he puts out this invitation. If we're ready to to understand, if we can kind of come to grips with the idea that we are never going to be good enough to be with God again, that we can't jump the gap to be in perfection again on our own strength. If we're ready to acknowledge that, if we believe that Jesus is the Son of God and that he did die for us, that he gave his life so that we could be with the Father again. And then the third thing is if we're ready to stop walking in sin and commit our ways to following Jesus, then we have a place at the table with Jesus. We can be adopted as sons and daughters into his family and saved forever. Saved from all of our sins, and the enemy will whisper, yeah, but not that sin. Not the sin that David doesn't know about. Not that really awful sin. That's, that's the enemy might whisper, but that's a lie from the enemy. That's just like that first snake in the garden. He whispers the lies. God is saying that his supernatural power that was in and manifested in his son was enough to pay the price for us so that we could be set free and we could walk with him so I want to I never want to miss an opportunity to put this invitation out to you if tonight you admit that you are a sinner that you're broken that you are flawed you're not perfect if you believe that Jesus paid the price for all of those sins all that brokenness and imperfection and if you want to commit your life to following today I want to give you an opportunity right now so bow your heads close your eyes And if you're here tonight, it's just between you and God, and you want to give your life to Jesus, you want to admit that you're a sinner, you believe that Jesus died for your sins, and you want to commit your walk, your life to following Jesus, I want to invite you to put up your hand where you're at right now. Thanks, guys. Bless you. Heavenly Father, you see those hands, and you know the hearts that are attached to those arms. And so you know when they're for you and and we know that you celebrate, that you love it like a prodigal son who comes home finally. You run out there to be with them. You hug them, you'll kiss them, you'll give them your cloak and the ring that shows that they are part of your family and you're doing that in the spiritual realm right now. We thank you, Jesus. We party with you, celebrating this new creation. We do this in Jesus' name, amen. All right, before I let you go, I want to clarify one one thing. I, Every once in a while, I see these things online, and I swear I should never go online again. And one of the latest ones is somebody was saying that it's stupid when people get you to bow your heads and close your eyes, that there should be some skin in the game. And, you know, maybe there's something to that, but I get annoyed when people bark at other people. The reason we get you to close your eyes and bow your heads is we don't want there to be any barrier, any selfishness or lack of self-confidence or anything to come between you and making a decision for Jesus the next step is a more public one it talks about baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son Holy Spirit and if you want to be baptized we've we've had nine guys in the last couple weeks get baptized if you want to make that step public what you did tonight if you want to take a public step and be baptized we'd love to do it i know that uh uh uh, cla recovery church um pastor larry baptizing guys like crazy there as well i think they've already got another one planned but if if you would like to be baptized we'd love to make that happen and so we'll leave that with you again if you need a bible we'll connect you with one i've been talking too long so i just want to say bless you we'll see you tomorrow take care thank you for joining us for saturday Night Life. you want to learn more about this ministry or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca we'd love to get to know you better until then be safe and be blessed